Welcome into a new episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager for Second Second City Hockey. And this is usually where I plug my Twitter account, but I got my ass banned on Twitter again. So it looks like uh, the the Twitter overlords just don't want me to be online anymore, which is probably for the best for me and and maybe for everyone else involved. So um, I guess I'm just just not going to have Twitter for a while. So uh, I guess if you want to get my burning Blackhawks thoughts. You're going to have to listen here or check out secondcityhockey.com. But I've got my usual line mates with me this evening, and they're going to help talk me off the ledge because this whole Twitter thing's just annoyed the hell out of me all day long. Up first, it's on Twitter at Shepard Price. It is the analytic styling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price. I was going to say that you can have my Twitter if you want. You're <laughs> a Twitter account. We'll see. I'll, I'll log into yours, and then you will both get banned. So... I am fine with getting banned. I barely use my account as is. I only use it for like when I'm on recap, I need to grab a few tweets. Yeah. That's how many goals they score. I I think they, I think it was the mistake I made was logging into a computer at my day job. And uh, uh, that's where I used to have one of the, the account that got banned initially. And I think they, uh, they put two and two together really quickly and shut me down. So, Oh, well, one of these days, uh, also with this this evening, and he is to Second City Hockey what Andy Hull is the Manchester Orchestra. It is Mil Savage. All right, so I got a quick list of Sky Points I got to get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Sky Point, Every Time I Die, Sky Point, The Big Ben Era in Pittsburgh, Sky Point, Bob Saget, um, oh, yeah. Sky Point, John Madden. I'm a little late on that one. Uh, Sky Point, The Rat, not Dave Bullen, but we have a family friend named The Rat, and Sky Point, Dave's Twitter. <laughs> Not a good start to 2022, is it? Nope. <laughs> this is like, there's more funerals already this month than there is in all of the Sopranos. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Rough, uh, rough time around these parts, but hopefully that's uh, ho- hopefully it's better, uh, better fortunes for you for the rest of the year, Mill. Uh, hey, Shay, what's your favorite Every Time I Die song? Uh, I like The Butcher and the Blade, which is what Andy <laughs> Williams wrestles as. He's the, he's the butcher in AW. I, That's how I, I know every time I, I die. thought there was a slight chance we might get the new black out of you because maybe you might have played Guitar Hero deep enough to get that song, but I guess not. Oh, uh-uh. Also with us this evening, and she's not on Twitter, but you can find all her stuff at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, and it is Second City Hockey's bull and wall of text reunited with her cat. It's Betsy. Yeah, he's doing well, you know, spoiled, as always, um, as all cats should be. Now, did you did you immediately run out and like load him up with all his favorite foods, or are you like making him wait a week for all the mental anguish he caused you? Uh, no, I'm not waiting to punish him, but we are. You have to like wean them back into eating. Like you have to, you're supposed to do like a certain regimen because apparently, if you over like overfeed them right away, it could cause issues with their organs and all kinds of stuff. So you're supposed there's like a regimen you're supposed to do if they've been out for more than like 10 days. And since he was out for 16, we're kind of like 
weaning him that way. My mom is terrible at it. She's like, do you want some shrimp? And I'm like, mom, stop feeding him table scraps. What are you doing? So we're trying our best. He's, he's doing okay though. So, and he just got a new toy. Um, Cause I had to cut the other one up for the pet detective for her dogs. <laughs> just the first pet detective. I still yeah. talking to you. Yeah. So as we were speaking to you, uh, actually there was supposed to be a Blackhawks game tonight, but it was going to be in Edmonton and the NHL is postponing all games in Canada because of all the uh, attendance restrictions at the moment in Canada. So hopefully uh, it looks like they're within the next day or two, some of those postponed games are going to be announced in February during the three weeks that were supposed to be the Olympic break, which obviously the NHL no longer going to those games. So we have three days off between now and Friday, which is why we're talking to you this evening. And also we have plenty of games to recap from the last week where the Hawks got a nice tour of the bottom of the NHL standings along well, where, where they also are. I believe since we last talked to you, I think it was Tuesday of last week or whatever, but the last, last three games, they beat Montreal three to two in overtime. They beat the ducks three to nothing. And then they lost to the expansion Seattle Kraken on Monday night, three to two in the shootout, which, uh, just as you thought, maybe maybe you started feeling a little bit better about the Hawks because they'd won four games in a row, and then they go and lose to an expansion team. So I guess where we wanted to start, and this is something we were uh, yelling at, well, let's say politely disagree or politely disagreeing with a comment made by Derek King in the aftermath of the game Monday night. It was related to a lineup situation. They said, uh, this is I'm going to read this from Ben Pope's Twitter, Ben Pope, the Sun-Times reporter for the Blackhawks. He said, Derek King said that scratching Jakob Galvis from the game on Monday night was, quote, out of respect for Gustafson, Caleb Jones, and Jake McCabe to get them back in the lineup. But then he went on to say that Galvis definitely turned eyes during his first three games and said, quote, he's got a little taste of it now. Uh, I believe he was sent back down to the AHL today, right? Yep. And then... But that could also just be a procedural thing to get him games while the Hawks don't play again until Friday. So I guess we'll find out later in the week if that was if that's the case or not. But uh, Shay, I'm going to bring you in first, and I know your your phone might be dying at any moment. So if we lose you, we'll uh, we'll, we'll make do without. But uh, just just your reaction to that that thing because I know that's what we were all talking about before we came on the air here. Look. Is Caleb Jones a good defenseman? No. Is, is Jacob Galvis? Maybe. And uh, it, is, it, are the Blackhawks playing guys who there are probably better defensemen in Rockford who are just rotting away uh, in Rockford with higher ceilings? Are the Blackhawks playing guys over them? Yes. Is this a problem? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> can they fix this? 100%. Should they? Yes. With, with, the, with the head coach they have right now? A lot of Can they do that? Uh, I, don't. I don't necessarily get the idea of and he continues. He continues to prove why that is. Yeah, I, I don't get the whole like out of respect for uh, the. I, I can understand they're veteran players, but I mean, it's not like Caleb Jones is going into the Hall of Fame or anything. And, and I don't think it's a, a wildly disrespectful that you scratch them for a game when they're not playing well, because that's how you should be treating everybody in your lineup. Um, I, I'm just, that, that comment just read me the wrong way. So Betsy, I'm going to spin it around to you. Cause I know you had some thoughts on that matter as well. I didn't even, um, see this quote until you guys were talking about it before we went on air, um, or record. Uh, but I had already, somebody had mentioned something about it, uh, <laughs> in the comments and I was like, 
oh my God, I have so many opinions because Caleb Jones has not looked very good most of the season. And sometimes he's like neutral, but sometimes he's just not good. Mm-hmm. And I was actually pretty, I've been disappointed because he had such a good preseason. Um, and I was actually excited. And then it's just been wah, wah, pretty much other than maybe a handful of games. And then you've got Stillman in the lineup too, who has been meh, but has <laughs> been picking up his game. So I'm okay with him playing. And when it comes to McCabe, I'm okay with him getting in though, since he did have symptoms, they probably could have let him sit a little bit longer. I, I thought, he looked I thought they were going to give him a day or two off because he missed a week with uh, COVID stuff. Yeah. And he did not look up to speed in the game. And then oh. I'm fine with them playing Gus too, because the Blackhawks have zero offense from the back end when Seth Jones is out usually. And Stillman's been adding a little bit. So I'm going to give him props there. Gus is the only other person driving play even a little bit from the back end um, without it being lucky. Cause like, like I said, Murphy and Dehan both scored recently, but those are pretty much luck shots. Um, don't expect it to happen very often, but Caleb Jones isn't a veteran. Like you said, he hasn't really played that much more than these other guys. And I just, I, it's baffling to me that he gets more seniority over these other guys who are around the same age as him. And it's not just Galvis. It's also Kalyanuk and Mitchell. Yeah. I I forgot about why Kalyanuk a little bit because they is by the way, Rockford. Like he's just so much better than everybody down there offensively. Like he's like to watch him. You're just like, but why is he here? And then Mitchell is doing everything that you could ask of him in Rockford too. So I'm a little like, I don't know if either one of them are legit NHL players, but I don't think anybody in the Blackhawks organization knows because they haven't given them more time. And some people will say, well, Mitchell got a lot of time last year, but he was a full year younger, maybe even two than Caleb Jones is now. So it's just such a weird, the grass is always greener syndrome that the Blackhawks have with picking older defensemen from other organizations and giving them a ton of rope, but then cutting off their own kids at the knees. Um, And again, do not know if they can make it, but I would rather them start to rotate them in a little bit again, doesn't need to be over like the Dehans and the McCabe's. And I don't even care if it's over the Gus's, but it should be over Caleb Jones when he's not playing well. That's just a fact. Um, and I, I think those are the only two guys in Rockford for the record that I think that are, or three guys, excuse me, that now that Galvis is back down there that are maybe ready for the NHL. I don't think Regula is. I don't think Phillips is. I do not think. Um, or Dan. I don't think Bodan is either. Um, I think Bodan is hit or miss. Um, he needs more consistency with his game, even in the HL. And those three players you um, named, Regula, Bodan, and Phillips, are the, are younger than the other three you mentioned. So you can give them a little bit more time to marry. Yes, down exactly. Game. Let them let them mature. Um, I don't mind them doing that. And then I just I I don't understand why there is a preferential treatment to Caleb Jones other than the fact that he's already been up, but. Again, also that he's Seth's brother. Yes, but like that's the nepotism <laughs> that's, of that. That's just, the concern oh. is that that's that 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 is the reason, and that is not a good reason. No. Um, Mill, I know you had some thoughts too, so go. Uh, I'll I'll let you uh, have the floor. Oh, okay. 
He, um, have, he doesn't have thoughts. He has grunts. First all, I don't necessarily 100% buy into the brother thing because Taves and uh, Keith both, I think, or Seabrook, one of them, both had brothers in the organization that didn't even get a fucking look. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not saying it's not part of it, but like at the same time, it's like, if I, yeah, I would say, I would say that more tongue in cheek. Like, I don't think, yeah, yeah, but, um, but it's, it feels like it sometimes, but, but like, I don't necessarily need him in the lineup, so I don't really care. But, uh, this, to me, the, the offensive defenseman thing is kind of like cutting your face or cutting your nose to spite your face because, well, I don't disagree with like, oh yeah, those like Gustafson and Stillman have been better offensively. To me, they both suck in their own end. And like, I'd rather have the <laughs> defensemen be able to play D before anything else. But again, why the fuck isn't Kalanuck up? He could play fucking all three zones or, you know, but the, the just going back to the quote, it's just like, dude, that's a stupid fucking thing to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's yeah. just, it's such a bizarre I, I, I don't know if he'll to die on because he wasn't that uh, fervent in his comment, but it's just, it's a, it's such a weird justification for a roster. Situation, for a roster Look, situation. We can, we can agree or disagree on who the defensemen in the lineup are, but just the, what he said was just not well thought out. Like the, the, the logic behind the decision is what is what I, I guess I say I don't like. And it seems like we all agree that we don't like. Well, in your seventh place in the central and you're three games behind 500, it's like under 500 other, you, you need to, play your best team to try to even do anything. Yeah. And that's we're there's, there's something kind of related to that. We're going to come back to in a little bit, uh, kind of in that ballpark, but, uh, and any other thoughts or observations from the last handful of games? I mean, you know, I, I, I can, I understand the, uh, the naysayers of the only team. The only reason they had a four game winning streak is because they played a bunch of bad teams. And like, even though Anaheim had a good record, they're in a tailspin right now as well. So, um, and without two of their top three and, scorers, and without two, so yeah. So I, I, I could understand that, but I would also say on the other side of that coin, uh, the Hawks have also been quite capable of losing to bad teams, as they proved on Monday. So um, I just I don't know what to take away from. Man, Mark Andre Fleury is if if they don't, he is earning higher and higher trade value <laughs> and i don't know if they're going to trade him but if they do they're going to get some stuff back because well, he is sometimes the only player on the ice that Seattle game was bad yeah. bad bad and um, he like they they got a shootout loss because only because of mark andre flurry mm-hmm. i have this a guy, non-black oh go ahead i'm sorry i was just gonna say this got brought up in the comments because um people go back and forth on like what's gonna happen with flurry and i I think it's completely in Fleury's like hands about what happens. I, and I think this was pretty much implied when he came here that there was a handshake deal that the reason he came was that he either was planning to stay the whole time or controlled his fate, despite the fact that he only has like a, he's a modified no trade clause and it's not even, it's just a no, no, 10 no trade list kind of one. So that's not even Mm -hmm. that tricky to get around. But um, the Blackhawks just have to honor. I know Bowman's gone, but they have to honor it, whatever it is. So I I think we touched on this last week. Like the one guy you can't screw over is Mark Andre Fleury. Like all the talk about the Hawks being a class organization and all that. If you want to throw away your reputation, 
Oh, he like, you are wrong. Yeah, like, yeah, that's one way. To, I mean, everything else that happened last year, which was a prior regime, but if you want to ruin the reputation for everyone going forward, screw over Mark Andre Fleury. That'll do it pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. And and I, I think, I don't think anyone does. And I don't even think Mark Andre Fleury may, may not even have a decision yet. I can, that might be something we have to wait until like March before we start to get some answers with where he's going to go. Um, the other thing that uh, this related to Mark Andre Fleury, like this is, as part of an, uh, the number munchers article I wrote and posted at the uh, second city today, just all about, um, the way the Hawks have played under King and while they've gotten marginally better in all of the possession based metrics that get measured, like they're a little bit higher in the share of shot attempts, expect the goal scoring chances, all of that than they were under Colleton. The primary reason they're still winning games is because since Derek King has taken over the number one goalie in the NHL in terms of save percentage is Mark Andre Fleury at, I think nine forty seven during five on five play. So uh, it's just it, it feels like we are watching the same team we've watched for the last five years, just with a slightly different cast of characters in that they are overly reliant on goaltending. And when the goaltending can't do everything, they don't win. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleury's probably got like Corey Crawford on speed dial now and just like, <laughs> I will, I will it's just say, a playing club. I will say if you look at their last seven, um, They've scored. They you know, aside from the so Vegas was two one because Vegas is a great defensive team, and Seattle was a three two loss. That was kind of a bogey loss walking into their streak. But they've scored aside from those two three four 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 three three. So like they're not getting the one two goal games anymore. It's just slightly better, especially considering the power play is not always good. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's not terror. It's not great, but it's like a little bit better. If you look at their underlying numbers in those games. I, they didn't deserve most of those goals. Like, no, <laughs> no. like other than Anaheim, <laughs> which was an excellent offensive game. Like it was one of their best. It was actually one of the best league like games in, in the league for them. You know, like it was top 20, I want to say, um, which is ridiculous considering the Blackhawks are the Blackhawks, but um, they didn't really deserve some of those goals other than the fact that they have some elite talent that can occasionally rise above um, or some lucky goals like Stillman's goal was pretty lucky. And I want to say Dehan's goal, like hit off two people, you know, like there's been a couple of things that have been pretty lucky, but um, I was going to point out, you know, I give credit, I give some credit to King in his ability to have gotten the team to be one usually typically better defensively we're not seeing the breakdown as as much that's no, nice not and then two, right down the middle he, uh, slot like two like the shots against um they're still terrible possession wise so like attempts against are still you know the bottom half of the league obviously but they're like they're i want to say 18th okay so 18th in shot attempts against per 65 on five, but they are really good at blocking shots at least. So, um, and cleaning them up afterwards. So their actual shots on goal is 11th best since King took over. That's not bad. You know, that's almost top 10 and then scoring chances because they're still allowing a fuck ton of chances, like attempts against it's still like mediocre at 15th, but high danger chances is top five. So, so they are helping 
Marc-Andre Fleury out a lot. Now, I will also point out, though, the last two games have not been like that. They've yeah. been terrible. And it, well, they went from being the second best in that span to being fourth. That's how bad those last two games were defensively in terms of shot attempts in close. The Anaheim game in particular, like they scored two goals during play and then one more in an empty netter. And those two goals they scored during play with the goalie actually in net. They came right after a crazy sequence of shots and things that if it was a goal other than Marc-Andre Fleury, Anaheim might have scored. So like that was kind of indicative of the way that things are going. Like because Fleury made those saves, then they were able to score at the other end. But, you know, if Lincoln in a plate and wasn't on his game that night or, you know, or if if they were down to like Delia or Soderblom, who's more AHL at this moment, uh, that game might have been significantly different by the end of it. Mill, you were saying something? For, I was to say, for what it's worth, uh, when the Hawks' defense started to go downhill a few years back, that's kind of the same thing with Corey Crawford every night. <laughs> well, even even the the year they got swept by the Predators, that would have been the 16-17 season. Like, that team was getting outshot, outchanced, Every night, but Corey Crawford kept them in the game. Then they would get the goal that they, they won fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and they like they finished. I think they were, that was the year they were the number one seed, and Nashville walked in and swept them. Uh, and mm. they've kind of been that way since that season and on. But like the players in front have can have like slowly regressed more and more and more, and that's why they've slid down the standings more. Um, more. Yeah. I said this in the comments that I thought that Anaheim game reminded me of the last year's under Q because everything was happening. <laughs> everything. It was all good. It was all bad. It was, everything it was fun was to happening. watch. Like I was legitimately, yeah, that was a you, really entertaining. You remember those last years with like Panarin was here and it was like fun to be a Blackhawks fan, even if, cause they were still winning pretty decently. And you were like, Oh, but gosh, there, there was some, there so was much. Like when you put it like that, Panarin's just Henry Hill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice nice one. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I, I, I guess the overall thought of last week was like, it, it was nice to get some wins, but I like, I'm not even going to use the P word in reference to the games after the initial 82, because their, their goal differential the last time I looked was still minus 30. And I think you can't, you Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? Yeah. Uh, they are nowhere. They are not. Didn't, I, can, I, I can didn't even want to say the word right now. You didn't say the word, so we're not talking about it. <laughs> I can guarantee you right now that if, like, Money Puck has, has Blackhawks with any percentage of making the playoffs, that's too high. It's Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to they're, – they're, I'm not even going to entertain the thought. Like, after they righted the ship initially after Colleton was fired and King took over, like – you started thinking about it a little bit, but then after they lost six in a row in uh, January to start this, well, the, the two at the end of December and then the four in a row to start this year, I I'd be hard pressed. You find me a team that's lost, uh, had a nine game losing streak and a six game losing streak in the I same mean, season and then made the playoffs. Speaking didn't of the, money, didn't back. the flyers keep losing 10 and then making the playoffs and then win 10 or lose. Not, not the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I was going to say money puck has the Hawks at two percent hey, and that's not the lowest that's not the high. lowest there are three teams with zero percent can you name those three arizona teams? montreal arizona Seattle. yeah those are no. those three yeah really i was gonna say ottawa and the hawks have played yeah, ottawa is at, those teams in the last week and a half ottawa is at 0.7 percent oh boy. buffalo is at 0.1 so <laughs> I like those odds 
Um, well, somebody said it really well in the comments. They're like, the Blackhawks are playing just well enough to screw themselves out of even an attempt at the lottery. Um, yeah. So. Well, I got. I, we're going to take a quick break, really quick, and I, I want to talk about something kind of looking ahead for the rest of this season and next season, and try and figure out what the hell is going to go happen with this team in the next year and a half. Maybe throw out some hypotheticals about where this team could go. Uh, so let's do that on the other side of this timeout break. So come on back after this little, uh, some little advertisements. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. As promised before the break, I want to take a look kind of further down the road. And I, I know there's uh, there's a lot of talk out there about potentially blowing up the team. And, and we've actually had plenty of those conversations on, a, on the side amongst ourselves. Um, and, and we've got three more months of podcasts and hockey going on. So uh, we'll probably get to that discussion at some point. But what I wanted to do today was uh, – so since Derek King's t- took over, and I mentioned this in the, in the Number Munchers article today, their record is 14-9-4. Uh, that gives you 97 points over an 82-game schedule. Probably, probably gets you – good enough for a wild card spot at minimum you're in contention for one. So my thought was if you get a higher quality coach in here and you are, you know, hire a good GM, hire a good coach who tinkers with this roster and, and maximizes whatever potential exists within this team. I guess I'm trying to decide what that's going to look like next season because my my, the most optimistic take I can give for you outside of the blowing it up and starting over road is that you take what you have now you get get rid of the spare parts so maybe like you trade or uh, the spare parts of the expiring contract so maybe at the deadline this year you you ship out Calvin DeHaan and Eric Gustafson and you don't bring back Caleb Jones and then you know you promote Kalanuk and Mitchell and uh, Galvis and let them fight out for roster spots. Um, and let's see elsewhere on the roster. Maybe you bring back Kubalik for another season. And and all of it is to see, and then, and like in one going down this road, like maybe even you somehow get Mark Andre Fleury back for another season at $3 million. If he tells your team, I'm not leaving Chicago, I'm not up for reading my family again, but I'll play for you guys for another year. If they do all that, I guess, and, and Betsy, I'll start with you. What what's the most optimistic, the the deepest you could see this team going with the roster as presently constructed and maybe with a few small additions to it? So I think all of us were not like high on the team coming into this season, but we felt that the players, the personnel could compete for a wild card spot. And like you just said, under King, who's not a great coach and with a goalie that's winning a few too many games and the offense not so hot, but I, again, think that's more systematic than the players. Um, They could be a wild card team. And I always felt like they probably, depending on the team they face, could win a round. But it really, really depends on that team. And it would be better if they were like the number three team because I don't think they're – they're going to beat like Vegas or somebody or Colorado, whoever is in first in like a round. So wild card doesn't really help, but mostly I think it really depends on like for next year, it's really going to depend on Patrick Kane because 
we can sit there and talk about how Debrinka is the rising star and everything like that, but Patrick Kane is still the, the I, I use the term um, the spoon that stirs the offensive drink of the team because it's mm-hmm. true. Despite the fact that he's not scoring as much other than the recent goals, um, Patrick Kane still drives everything. And I don't think Debrinkit would be scoring as much if Patrick Kane was not consistently with him. Like if, if he was away from him more, I don't think he would be. I, that's just because Patrick Kane is the only other high quality player on the team. That's not to say that Debrinkit, if he was say on like Austin Matthews line or somebody else that was also extremely good, um, that he also still wouldn't be doing great, maybe even better. Um, but I think it still comes down to there's no replacement for Kane. There's still no replacement for Taves. And so what can you do if either, like if Patrick Kane's injury that whatever is lingering does not heal properly and he's still slightly declining, there's nothing in the pipeline. And I don't know if there's anything that they can get back trade value wise that could compensate that enough that they could, do more than a surprise, maybe first round exit, even if they had a better coach. Yeah, I, I think you you touched on one of the biggest concerns I have is that even if this team like next year, say they get it like up to like a, well, it, it'd be in this in the central division. Somehow they, you know, if you end up as the three seed in the central division, you're still probably playing St. Louis or Colorado or maybe Minnesota in the first round. And I don't think the Hawks are going to be favored in that matchup. More likely that if they sneak into the playoffs, they're probably the four seed or like one of the wild card or fourth in the division, which would be one of the wild card spots. And then maybe you're facing again, either St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota doesn't get any easier. It's not, um, I don't want to make come across as sounding like I'm saying this team can contend for a cup next season. If everything goes right like that, it's going to take a significant development from a lot of people who are not quite showing that so far. Like if Kirby doc turned into an 80 point player next season, maybe then this team could do that. But uh, that that's very optimistic and not something I'm going to put any port of faith in. It was just like, you were kind of talking about there, Betsy. Like, I don't, I don't think Kane's going anywhere before the season is over. Uh, I don't think you're going to find anyone that's going to take Jonathan Taze's contract for an entire season at $10 million where, with where he's at right now. And the, although he's healthy and playing this season, I'm sure teams are still a little hesitant to take on, a $10 million contract of a guy who missed all of last season, uh, Seth Jones deal. No, one's going to take that on. Uh, so I, I just, it's like, if you bring the band back together and give them a better lead singer slash head coach up front, and I'll swing this around the mill now, like it, they can be better than just, you know, the eight seed in the West, right? Like they could maybe get up into like the five or six range. Can they? Uh, they can, but I think one of the biggest keys to the Hawks, any success they're having is still in that. Um, I think Marc-Andre Fleury has been able to cover their ass, you know, pretty much whenever they needed him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, I think you probably need Marc-Andre Fleury to come back next season in this scenario, honestly. R- right, because if you don't have a Crawford or a Fleury or a guy like that, it's really hard. And, like, it's a lot like, you know, the Simpsons where uh, Homer gets pissed off about Bart's earring and he gives it to him and then he's in the Navy and there's like the pinhole leak in the submarine. He pulls off the earring and saves their lives. That's kind of what Mark andre Fleury is. He's like that little diamond that saves your life. Um, that's the best way I could describe it. It's like, to me, it's still, there's a lot of issues and there's a lot of things that have been better. Some things have been worse, but 
I think uh, they've been living and dying with goaltending so long. And they might be able to make the playoffs without him if they play better and have a better coach. But I don't think that they, like Betsy said, I don't think they get past like a Vegas or a Colorado or, you know, what have you. Yeah, I, I think it just, it's just, it's me, this is my, you know, almost irrationally trying to talk myself into some sort of good thing coming out of this part of the Taves and Kane era. Like, obviously, the first half of it was a lot of a lot of success, and this back half of it has just been misery every season. And, like, I don't know if I'm ready to go from all of that and then into, like, a five-year rebuild because that it feels like it's going to be a very long rebuild if they – if they go that route. So I'm just trying to like, the thought was like, you, you bring the band back together next season, get a better coach in place, maximize whatever you have on this roster, uh, ship out the, the aspiring contracts, bring up some of the younger guys, maybe sign a, a, a good, like mid good quality veteran or two and see what you can do. Like, I, I don't, I don't envision much. I may be a surprise first round playoff upset. They get bounced in the second round, but Honestly, I would take that. Like, I, I feel like there's some point, like, I, I don't necessarily buy into the mindset of championship or bust in professional sports. I get it as a business and all that. But at some point, like, I just need something to watch other than uh, the, what I've watched the last five seasons. And I'm, I'm not quite ready to buy into a full on tear it down and start all over again thing. Because uh, I remember how awful the early 2000s were. I don't think they will. I just want to throw this out there. If you look at, you know, take away the Colorados and Vegas and Pittsburgh's and all these flashy good teams, if you or New York or whatever, if you look at their own division, they're getting their ass kicked by all these teams they're going to have to compete with again next year. So I don't think that they're going to want to go into rebuild mode and be down there with the Coyotes. Well, because that's where they are right now. Right. And it's like, if you tear this team down, how much worse are you? It, well, the thing is, if you tear it down, like how much, I don't know how many assets you're going to get in return. So, uh, Shay, much. Shay, I'll throw this around to you because I know you, you've been ardent on the uh, blow it up <laughs> thing. But uh, on the other side of the coin, if you, if the Hawks somehow decided to, to keep this out and maximize what, the, what they've got right now, what, what does it look like next season? Hey, it's me, the person who correctly and only person here who before the season said the Blackhawks were not going to make the playoffs. Um, They are going to get another year older and a lot of their key pieces are on the wrong side of 30 and Marc-Andre Fleury is approaching 40. Uh, And that's none of that is improvement. The Blackhawks are not going to be good next year. Uh, Time to get that drilled in. Um, It doesn't matter. Like two, they are not two veteran pieces away from, from anything. They're not, they are, they are trying, they're trying and they're second, worst in the division to the Coyotes. Can I point out like one, like, so we're talking about these good teams. We keep saying St. Louis. Um, Yeah. And I'd like to point out that St. Louis is a terrible metric team. Like they're winning because it's it's force of habit because they won a cup recently, but yeah. No, but, and they're also high in our division. Like, but so St. Louis is the type of team that I'm taught. Like they have bad numbers, but they have such a good coach and they have just enough. Yeah. They have good, co- they have a good coach. And do you, do you know what else they have? They have really good defense. You know what, how they got that really good defense. They developed it. You know what the Blackhawks sure. can't and, do with, with young players develop them. And I a hundred percent agree with that, but I don't think that the Blackhawks are that far away from if, if they I had a good, they the two most important things in, in the 2022 NHL are depth, and beef and like I a would decent love to good to see defense. 
Seth Jones, Murphy, Murphy and McCabe, specifically those three, under a coach that not only knows how to have like defensive players play defense well, but also can utilize them in a way that helps um, spring the offense because Seth Jones can do it and he's doing well under not a NHL coach right now. And then McCabe has shown flashes and we know Murphy's good. So you've got half of a defense right there that could do well. I don't know if they'd be as good as the players on the, I mean, look what fuck, what's his name? Dude who came from Carolina why am I blanking Falk? on this? Falk. What he was fuck? terrible. Terrible <laughs> with Carolina for the last couple of years, but he's turned it around under a good defensive, like a good coach that knows how to like run a defense. So my thing is that we can look at this roster and say, no, I don't think it could happen. But then I look at St. Louis's roster and I think the Blackhawks aren't that far off from them. Other I than... Mean, but- Ryan the O'Reilly Flyers, still I mean, exceptional and stuff like that. Yes. I don't. I'm the just Blues saying, also have better depth and 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 of actually course they like do. And in fact, the, I exceptional think they, young have, players. they have a much better um, farm system too. But I'm saying, looking yeah. at the two rosters as they are, like the best, the top twelve forwards, the top twelve forwards, the top sixty, the top sixty. I don't think they're so far apart outside of maybe Ryan O'Reilly. Um. Being yeah. exceptional still, like he's by far the best player defensively forward. Like I, I think he could be better. I think he might be better than Patrick Kane right now, um, just because Kane's hurt. But I'm just saying, I don't think they're so far off or performing that differently outside of the fact that their coach is that much better. And the problem, of course, is can the co- can the Blackhawks ever find a coach that is as good? I, um, I don't know if that's it's, they, they could have. It's if, what if, it's what they rolled with earlier. There are so many things they need to hit on. Yeah. That it seems like a slim margin. It's not impossible. It's just hard to see right now because we're so in the weeds with this team. It's just if I could summarize the entire argument that I have, it's like obviously the Jeremy Colleton era did not work out. Uh Derek King. You think? Jeremy, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh Derek King, like he 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 righted the ship, he made sure they 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 stopped plummeting to the bottom of the ocean like they were uh but he's probably not the long-term option this this uh era of blackhawks hockey the last four to five years has not had a good coach at any right. point so i want I like to see what sox. it looks like with a good coach that's all i want just give me I like the white Sox. yeah hey put some respect on ricky <laughs> yeah. renteria's name yeah yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say the worst ricky renteria but but it's it's like a similar yeah and I know with the White Sox it didn't work out work out as well they did but they ran into that Houston buzzsaw but that's another story but okay but like that they could have beat that Houston buzzsaw if they were better managed than Tony Larusa okay in, in, yeah and I'm I'm still upset about it and I hope I have baseball to be upset about in two months because the, I don't know yeah let's not let's not go down that road I'm already depressed enough by talking about this Chicago team. Uh, but like, just getting back to the point, like, I, let me see what this team can do with a decent NHL coach. Okay, I, but tell me who. Tell me who they're hiring. I don't, I don't know. No, that's not my. The best <laughs> yeah. part is that's not my job. I don't care. Like, you know, who, you know. No, who also, also, we we also have to address the fact that they have to find a competent GM first because it's yeah, not how they. Yeah, do. they they got that's well that's that was the whole idea. Get a a good GM in here, a good coach in here, and see if you can squeeze more out of this roster than yeah. you able to do the last four seasons. We've, and if it doesn't think, work, if you're in last place, come New Year's Eve in 2022, 
blow the whole thing up in next year's trade deadline. I'm fine with that. But I still feel like this team has underperformed based on the talent it has on the roster for four seasons now. And give me a coach who can make sure they don't underperform anymore and then blow it up. Not just that they underperformed. They steadily got worse over those four years. Like they should have been getting better. Yeah, I can't, you can't look at like some of the roster decisions that were made that, that happened, like fucking Manning was in there and you can't tell me that they haven't gotten, (laughs) you can't tell me that, that the top four currently, like when they're healthy, aren't better than anything that happened between, you know, after Jean Merson left, you know, um, and before Murphy became Murphy, because there was like a year where Murphy was not good with the Blackhawks. And then the year after that, finally it like clicked and it's because he was real young still but i'm just saying like you cannot look at some of those previous defenses and go yeah this defense is just as bad um i refuse to acknowledge that somebody would say that so i'm not saying it's great i'm just saying i i think the talent in the roster could compete at least a little bit better and there are other teams that prove this too calgary is a perfect example I mean, yeah, just... <laughs> I, I, I need a true number four, though. The, the Blackhawks need a true number four because right now they have three defensemen. You're right. They don't have four. Well, maybe, no, maybe that's Galvis fine. is number, the number four. But I mean, Calgary has. But they don't play Galvis. They just said that they, they, they he, he literally benched point. him because the, of respect for other defensemen. Right? That's the point. Like, is you bring in a good coach that will play him. Yeah, I, that's, we're, that's what we're saying. We're saying bring in a coach that will recognize that playing okay, again, some of the but we understand you have that to guarantee you have to guarantee that it's a good coach you have to guarantee that like iraqi isn't gonna want a, uh, a tlr that's, that's why, why this is a hypothetical <laughs> you I'm know not, what to summarize i'm not saying it's going to happen and i'm, I'm, just, I'm like, staying grounded and realizing that like they would have to find like the perfect coach i mean i'm available um <laughs> but uh i mean uh, can, can i like i remember up? talking to the calgary people like they they felt that their team the last few seasons had wildly underperformed. They brought in Daryl Sutter, and they're having a much much better season right now. Talk to the like wild. That. Talk to yeah. wild people. Yeah, perfect like, example. Like, I like it. It is. I it's just. I just want to see what it looks like with a better coach. And it, again, if they if they miss mess up with the coach and GM hire, this team will be in last place again, and then we can figure out what they're going to get in a trade for Patrick Kane. But I I still like. I, I, it's not, I'm, I know I'm kind of hoping against hope. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be like a cup contending team, but just give me something that makes it into the first round of the playoffs. Like I, I joined this site like a week after they got swept by the predators. I haven't written about playoff hockey. 2020 doesn't count. I haven't written about playoff hockey and I would love to get the chance to do that. Go ahead, Betsy. I was just, we're all, we're, it's all hypothetical. We, we all know this. Um, I just, I can't help but look at other rosters that aren't that much better or, you know, there's so many that they can at least make it like the, the penguins are the perfect example during their mediocre years where they were pretty much just being driven by Crosby Malkin and a decent coaching staff, not a great coaching staff because until Sullivan came back, but they rode that wave of mediocrity through the playoffs for a while and with bad personnel until they built up their farm team again. I don't think that was out of the question for the Blackhawks and Bowman just kind of like didn't do it properly. Like one year of rebuild. He kept, dra- he kept drafting for size. He started to. Yeah. Skill. I mean, and that's, 
we can talk about how they're making roster decisions based on the coaches that they had that weren't good. And so that also impacted them, but it's a big hypothetical about whether they can actually find a good coach. I think they exist. I think they might not be in like the, like it might not be a retread name. It could be somebody new. Um, it could be somebody in the AHL that was an assistant at one time. It could be whatever. We don't know yet. I just think that the currently, (laughs) currently has more potential than what, the previous coaching staff and this current coaching staff have gotten out of them. And that's, that's the only point I wanted to make. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? If they hire some, if they hire a coach out of the AHL, Dave, can you ask SB if I can write an article called, Oh no, not another one of these fucking guys. (laughs) Cause I, I don't think I'm mentally ready for that ship. If it fails, I I get where you guys are coming from. They're out there, but the Hawks don't know how to find them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not an easy job, but again, this is professional sports. No one said it's going to be easy. That's why you get paid a shit ton of money. Maybe. You gotta at least get somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, right. You need a poho. You really you need a really competent poho. I just I don't. Right. You, the worst part is, is that some of the best coaches that were that are out there to, or or G, that are working with GMs and stuff like that, they were in the Blackhawks organization. Sullivan is a perfect Sullivan. Yeah, I'm just like you, you look at like the Penguins should be by all rights bad this year, like real bad. They've been missing. They've missed Crosby for half the season. They, they, they've been mal- missing Malkin. They they're like one of the best, Yeah, they're <laughs> one of like the best teams in like in their division, and that's only and not, like that's solely because their goaltending is really bad. That's solely because of Mike Sullivan, who's arguably, arguably yeah. I was gonna the best say their their performance is sustainable too because they great with possession. Their expected goals is super great, and all this a good coach can make even like lesser rosters do well. And I, I don't think the Blackhawks, I think the Blackhawks could put together more than just a mediocre roster. I don't, I don't think everybody should stay and <laughs> they need to stop pretending like they're just going to find another Hagel and every guy, everybody who like hustles a little bit, is going to be Hagel. They hit their um, Hagel quota. You get one of those guys <laughs> per, per team. There's right? Poland's. Shaw, like you get one. Yeah. Uh, they might yeah. overlap for a minute, but I was about to say when, when Shaw was rising, Boland was going down, you know, like that's just Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not that Boland was getting worse. Boland was so goddamn injured. I was about like, to say he was getting hurt. Yeah, it's, the, he was it's a curse. I'm still yeah. I'm still yeah, I'm still upset that David Boland's like career was derailed by injuries because I feel like he might have been like a 50 60 point guy consistently if he didn't get hurt but i mean before he still won two cups hurt, though so him, he, hey he was playing really good in toronto before he hurt his wrist yeah uh, and you know, but you can't take away from him that he he had the stanley cup winning goal yes. that's true and, yeah. and then yeah, he got sent few, off on very uh, few people got, have done that uh and then really he got sent off on a godforsaken conditioning assignment <laughs> really quickly before before we uh dive into some food stuff. I, I just, I know I've mentioned this to you guys before, so I want to know if you have watched this during and seen it during games now and, or if I'm just making shit up. I swear to God, whenever Brandon Hagel is on the ice with Patrick Kane, all he does is pass to Patrick Kane. Have you guys noticed this or is it just me being crazy? Didn't he just score a goal in the last game from Kane? Uh, yeah, power yeah, play, no, like, like Kane will like, it, it works out, but it, I feel like whenever Hagel gets the puck, his immediate, thing is get the puck to Kane, which isn't not necessarily gonna... a bad strategy, but he does it too much. And I feel like he's forcing the puck to Kane and the puck is getting turned over whenever Hagel and Kane are on the ice. I think that's a problem with all the young players. Yeah. Doc, Doc. does this. Oh my God. It's the Doc. 
part of Doc's yeah. problem is that he will they, not shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically when he's on he's if you look at his shots away from Kane, he's better at it. And part of it is because they keep trying to force it. Reichel did it in the first game too, and he was much better in game two, which was why I was like, okay, maybe you finally found a young guy that won't that's not like to bring it. The only other and he did it his first year a little bit too, but yeah. You know, and that's, and that's why when he and Panarin played together, because Panarin was like that good hockey ego of I want the puck because I'm gonna score. Oh yeah. It's like he guys when you get on line with Patrick Kane, a, they're like, no, I gotta get the puck to Kane. Like, no, like you oh, gotta do no. this is a well, Panarin had right, such and a Patrick Kane quote. is a setup guy. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick or Panarin had such a good quote once that was like when he got to the Rangers, he goes, Well, now I'll have the puck more because I'm not playing with Kane or something like that. He was yeah. like, he's like, it's mine now. I remember <laughs> being like, Oh, that's cute. You know, I wish ahead, he was I'm sorry. There. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, you know, like with the that's weird when Kane and Taves came up, obviously they're you know, nowhere or these guys are nowhere near them as, as rookies, but they shot all the time because the rest of the team was kind of like dog shit. But <laughs> I think when you come up and you're like, Oh, these are guys I watched growing up and they won all these cups. It's like probably intimidating, but it's like, Hey, like you're open in the slot. Shoot. Yeah. The, the worst that can happen is they save it or there's a deflection and maybe we get a garbage goal. Yeah. Th- there's a medium between getting the puck to your good players and forcing it to them. And, f- and I feel like Brandon Hagel, and, which is a symptom of other young players. I just noticed it. I feel like I noticed it now with Hagel that they're, they're forcing the puck to Kane and it's not working out well for anyone. Yeah. Somebody needs to sit them down and be like, Hagel, you're not like Carpenter. Okay. Carpenter should probably always like he could pass a lot more. Defer, yeah. 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 Fine if you defer. It's like when Bolig was on the team. It's like Bolig, if you're on a two on one with Patrick Kane, which happened occasionally, and then Bolig would shoot and you're like, Why did you do that, sir? Um, Hagel, you're not that. You no, you can no, I'm thinking of Letter Kenny when the coach is yelling at the guys who aren't Riley and Jonesy for for uh, taping up a stick. You're not a you're, you don't need it. <laughs> oh my god! You know when you brought up that bowling situation, my blood's getting hot just remembering that. Bullshit. Okay, all right. Well, that's, let's let's move let's, it on. <laughs> let's move along before Mill has a heart attack. Uh, so quickly, <laughs> let's let's Brandon let's dive into some, let's dive into some food stuff really quick. Uh, I, I wanted to. We're just gonna we're just gonna talk about fast food chicken restaurants because I've I've got thoughts on on most of them because I feel like I've been to as many as possible because I I mean what's better than fried chicken? Not not many things in life. Uh, so I just want to go around the room and let's let's now, Mill. I know you're. Is it vegan or vegetarian? I forget. I just don't eat meat. I'm like okay. A you big don't eat vegetarian. meat. Which, I all eat right. So so we we will we'll come back to you. Uh, but I'm gonna start with Shay. Just give me your best fast food chicken option. And I'm gonna tell you if you're right or wrong. Popeyes. Betsy, what about you? Popeyes. Oh yeah. See, damn it. I was gonna. Cause I I feel like Popeyes is the number one, but yeah, it's the it's it's the best it's the best chicken sandwich. It's uh, are you sure about that? Cause I, I yeah, I've had. Culver's. What are you putting up against it? What are you putting up? Against Have you ever it? had the Culver's chicken sandwich? I'm just I I know Culver's, Culver's, is, Culver's no. the problem with Culver's is that it's not a national chain. Um, have you guys ever had Shake Shack's chicken sandwiches? Cause theirs are like really close. Yeah, okay, but theirs is going to be way more expensive than Popeyes. It's yeah. very true. Yes. Well, the but bang for your buck, it's Popeyes. I'm not worried about price here. It's it's about quality. I'll pay I'll pay ten and a half million for the 
I, I was trying to make some sort of Kane well, reference here. What about um like Bojangles to Popeye? See, that's I, that's what I was gonna add because really I really like not a national chain. I had Bojangles last fall and I thought it kind of sucked. And really? I really I like yeah. Bojangles. Is that yeah? I don't know if that's slanderous to people in the South that I said Bojangles was no good. I'm not gonna lie though; it's hit or miss sometimes. About sometimes you're gonna bite into it and it's gonna be like that is way too much spice, and then sometimes you're gonna bite into it and you'll be like, even on the same chicken leg, you'll be like, why is this so dis- disproportionate? And I don't think um, yeah. the quality of Popeyes is like that. Popeyes is usually pretty. No, all right, I, I think I want the best of ava- the best availability. The best ability is availability. You know what Popeyes <laughs> is available. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. If, I don't know which Popeyes you've been to, Jay, but uh, the the ones are out here. Like, I, I'm not going to Popeyes for service, so it, like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to wait a half an hour to get my chicken sandwich from Popeyes. But uh, and they might mess it up. All right, and and we're all right. I, I think I'm gonna reframe this because I think the obvious, like Popeyes, is clearly like the best here. But let's just run down the list and just I want to get some more thoughts on some of these other places because uh, more and more I keep coming back to KFC being trash. Uh, I, I will say KFC base. is what um, lured my cat in. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, 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 cat it's good food. for cats. KFC yeah. is cat it, food. All right. Apparently, it's, it's, it's I, think, I think the problem with KFC is it's, it's, it's basic. It, it's apparently, what? it's very, like, whatever they do is a very strong smell, which also, I guess, can turn people off the chicken. But that's the reason. Apparently, a lot of, like, trap and release programs are like kfc is your last choice because most cats can't resist it so the, ca- the I, people KFC actually stands for cats it's cat yeah. fried chicken <laughs> i know it's spelled wrong don't at me because you can't because i don't have twitter anymore um, uh what about raising canes oh i like raising canes. good yeah. they, they need to bread their chicken more strongly what i'm trying like to they, decide they, with like raising canes is, is is like it comes back to the chick-fil-a argument and calm down chair we're going to get to them in a second but I want to know if Raising Cane's is just about scarcity driving the demand of it because it's not very widespread. It's, I don't think so. It's good, I but it's, I don't, I've had I think, it. Like, I think it's we live in an age that like adores chicken tenders, and they have really good chicken tenders. Yeah, and I, also I'll say there's there's only like two places that have like a sauce that goes on their chicken when you're getting their sandwich, and it's them and Zaxby's. And their sauce is superior to Zaxby's, even though I like Zaxby's too. It's just Thousand Island dressing, isn't it? Like I, I had the Raisin Cane it. sauce and it just, it, it didn't strike me as anything. It's not Thousand Island. It's not. No, it just, no. I, I like it better than Zaxby's sauce. That's all I'll say. And I like also Zaxby's. I had Zaxby's in the fall. It was also good. I'm not going to lie. I get those little nibblers, the little three. It's like, <laughs> there's like three Zaxby's in the town that I live in right now with my mom. Yeah, so. there's, I think the closest one to where we are is in Knoxville, Tennessee, because that's where I had it. Oh, wow. Uh, or, or maybe, no, I think in Lexington, Kentucky. Almost. There's a hundred, there's definitely three here because there's one by our <laughs> house, there's one on the exit and on the other exit. All right. Love Before we wrap this up, I, I think we're all going to be united in this one as well. I, I was hoping for more confrontation out of this argument. I guess it didn't work out, but uh, uh, like, first of all, like Chick-fil-A's politics are... Sh- <laughs> But also, it's not that good. They just opened no. one within like a few towns over from me. It's like a five, 10 minute drive. The line is never not around the fucking building. Where are you people? What, what is, how are you so deprived that Chick-fil-A is the place you're going to wait 20 minutes for? Not only I is their sandwich not as good, but their like little nuggets are trash. Like I don't really understand. 
They're bad. Why people like them. I didn't think it was that good. And then like, I, or I, I thought it was good. And then they started slowly moving up I-65 in Indiana into our area. And now they are here. And now I have no desire to ever go to one because it's just, it's fine. I'd rather go to McDonald's and get their chicken, honestly. True. true. Yeah. McDonald's also, chicken is better. Also, it's pickle juice, guys. It's like, that's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> pickle juice. Sorry. We've ruined Chick-fil-A. Uh, trying to think if there's any, any other, uh, I think those are the main options. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll have to pick a, a food uh, food topping next. We can argue about more because it's hard to fuck up fried chicken. Like on like even like Chick Fil A's is like a decent meal. Yeah, if you if you if it's there and you didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, I just I would, KFC. If they didn't get my money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. KFC is more like it's more like convenience than anything else. It's like I can go there, the drive, go through, get the drive through, be out of there in thirty seconds. If you're going to a place that has a bucket chicken, Church's chicken is better than. Oh KFC. yeah, yeah. Why I, like, I feel like, like I feel like they're always fucking giving away Chick Fil A like when I'm golfing and someone's having a tournament. That's because like, so shit. They have to give it away, Mill. No, well, like, they sponsor a bunch of crap. Well, like That's no, it. like it might be like somebody else who sponsored it because they're all weird. But like, it might be them. I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't need a chicken anyway. But like, I was just fucking like, I'll be golfing, and I'm like, what is going on here? What, what's Mill? Really quick, what's the best replacement chicken option? Um, it, it depends was- on what you. It depends on what you want to make. Well, well like, I mean, I, I like fast food places. Is there one that has like their like? They're just coming out now. I haven't tried okay. any of them yet. All right. Um, well, well, We'll check back I, in. I will say, like, uh, all the ones I make at home that you buy frozen are fine. Like, they're good. Okay. But I also feel like I've had all these places you guys are talking about, so I could talk about them. Like, I know what they all taste like. I just you. So you've only recently decided to to give give uh get away out. Uh, I think I'm on like year five or six. Oh. Six. Okay. So I had chicken for. 24 years 23 years all right mill so but you still had like two decades of experience so like do you you have do you have a list like what what was your go-to then out of your memory all right i'll just say this popeyes is like the clear-cut winner okay the only thing is they fuck your order up all the time that's true the last time i went to popeyes i ordered three things and didn't get any of them i got three other things yeah like as we discussed earlier you don't go to popeyes for service Popeye service is shit, but to quote little Nikki, Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. Anyways. Great. Um, Great little and then I did not yes. expect that. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyways, uh, KFC used to be good like 15 years ago, and then it got shitty. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but man. Yeah, it used to be all right. It's, it's uh, more I'm like out of like... Young people. brands ownership. Probably, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I'll just say like McDonald's was always fine, like especially if you're like a day after drinking or something or if you're in a pinch um not great but you know never like it was consistent if anything i have my preferred breakfast sandwich because i like their Ooh. oh respect that's a good call that's a good call. and then uh i'll say that uh chick-fil-a's food is trash and not good and uh yeah i think that's most of them right yeah well there's there's one other one i think oh, she mentioned. oh burger king chicken fries that was one of my favorites, and uh, Dairy Queen Chicken Basket. Those were the two I ate the most. <laughs> you and my 13-year-old nephew love chicken fries, because that's what he wants every time. Uh, They're like, fast food? It's called, it's called middle of teenager? <laughs> Dude, Dairy Queen, Dairy Queen uh, Chicken Basket with the Texas Toast, like, that was the shit. Yeah. That's what Raising, I think Raising Kansas is probably very similar to that, though. Probably. 
They're, they're one of their big things is Texas. Is really good Texas toast. Shea, I fuck you had, with Texas toast. Shea, you had one more that you wanted to throw out. That's yeah. Shout out to Brown's chicken. Isn't um, that a, that's a Chicago area thing though, right? Or I think it's a Chicago area thing. Yeah. They're I best I think best hush puppies I've ever had. They the one that was by us or I guess by Mill and I here in uh, the region uh, recently closed out. I don't even know where the nearest Brown's chicken is anymore. It closed down a while ago, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a taco place now. All respect. I, I was going to mention that all the chains that we have talked about when I'm in Atlanta, I don't eat any of those um, because there are so many like Southern restaurants that do fried chicken or chicken much like as good or better than them. It's only when you're outside the perimeter of Atlanta, do you like, like I said, there's like three Zaxby's within <laughs> like 15 miles of me right now. Um, oh yeah. If you, if you have the option to like go to like an actual Southern restaurant that isn't, yeah, the but it, absolutely it's just that. so weird. If we had had this discussion pre pandemic, I would have been like, Oh, it's been so long since I've had Popeye's. I might not even yeah. remember, but I had Popeye's three days ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Four. That's, well, that's, that's, that's a product of, uh, are you in a suburb now? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because so, I, I think we're well. Uh, Shay's in uh, in a city, but the rest of us are all in suburbs. I think that is a symptom of being in the suburbs. Unfortunately, there's not enough local places, especially for chicken. I feel like there's not enough local chicken joints. Like, there's plenty in Chicago. Like, there's one place I'm pretty sure it's local to Chicago called Parsons that is phenomenal. But uh, yeah, not not enough suburbs, uh, um, unfortunately. Dave, you might remember like when I was growing up until it closed. Basically, we'd get Broncos fried chicken once a week. Oh yeah, yeah. Sky Point, another Sky Point. God damn. Yeah. Well, right. Okay, I, I have some inside info I'll give you later on that. Okay. <laughs> might be <laughs> may, might be making a comeback. Ooh, oh, that's what I like to hear. We, we're big fans of come comebacks on this podcast, especially if they're food related. <laughs> All right, I, I think that's enough for uh, for for one discussion. Yeah, well, one of these, you know, I, I think in, in hindsight, bring up fried chicken like there, it's it's uh it's going to lead to a lot of agreement. So we just got to find something that we can all yell at each other about again, just as uh, the American dream to argue with people over on something over the internet. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll get to work on that. But other than that, it'll do it for this episode. Amusing on Madison here on the second city hockey podcast network. Uh, I'm not on Twitter anymore. Sky point. Uh, Shay's on Twitter at Shepard Price, Mills at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter. You can find her name or find her work at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. Uh, I'll probably be running the, the Second City Hockey Twitter account now more, even more than before. That's at 2ND City Hockey. And uh, stay tuned to the website because we're going to keep writing and talking and recapping games and previewing stuff. And whatever it is uh, this team does, we're going to, we're going to write and talk about it because that's kind of our thing around these parts. So thank you again for listening. And thanks to the rest for hanging out for Shay, for Mill, for Betsy. I'm Dave. Go Hawks.